Blog Talk Radio. It's time for the kickoff. Behind everything that is great, there is a great mind, a mastermind. Get ready for the fantasy football mastermind edge. The definitive fantasy football information and advice show. Your host, fantasy football mastermind, Michael Nazareth, has several decades of fantasy football experience. His website, ffmastermind.com offers comprehensive fantasy football information, including a preseason drafting strategy guide and weekly in-season fantasy football newsletters. The Fantasy Football Mastermind Edge offers fantasy football picks to click and play. The latest NFL news and much, much more each week during the fantasy football season. Remember... There's no bragging rights for finishing second. You lose! Good day, sir! Here's your host of the Fantasy Football Mastermind Edge, Michael Nazareth. Welcome to the show, everybody. Yes, we're doing this a little bit late. Uh, the next day, uh, Wednesday, November 8th. This is week, uh, wow, is it week 10 of the it, NFL season? My name is Michael Nazareth, and I am host of the Fantasy Football Mastermind uh, Edge podcast. With me, once again, my very good friend and very experienced fantasy writer, Chris Rito. How are you doing tonight, uh, today, Chris? <laughs> today, not even tonight. That's right. Yeah, so we're doing it on a Wednesday afternoon, but I'm doing well, doing well. It's, like you said, it's hard to believe it's week 10 already. seems like the season just started. We were just having draft day, and now we're getting near crunch time of the regular season for most fantasy leagues and starting to line things up for the playoffs. Yeah, technically for the season, this is the midway point, uh, but uh, we're a little bit further into that for regular seasons for fantasy. Most seasons, I believe, end in week 14 or 15, and so uh, you should know if you've got a contender or not, and if you do, then you're obviously hopefully listening to the the show, and we appreciate everybody that listens in, and let's get right to the news and notes. Uh, Looks like Kyler Murray's going to make his debut this week, Chris. He's got that uh, knee injury coming off the torn ACL, but they've activated him. Uh, he's been practicing uh, in full the last couple of weeks. Uh, what's, uh, what's your thoughts on uh, Kyler Murray and his fantasy impact for the Cardinals? Well, well, I, I thought he should have been carried all year for, so for when he comes back. He's a, he's a, he's a QB1 when he plays. So uh, it's, he's out there on your waiver wire. You absolutely got to go pick him up. If, if nothing else, even if you don't need him just for trade value, he's going to score. He's one of the few guys in the league that's averaged 20 fantasy points per game for his whole career. So I, I think that's going to happen. Now, he might be a little bit uh, – they might hold him back a little bit from designed runs, um, but I think he's still going to be one of those guys that takes off every now and then. Um, so we'll see what happens there. Is he going to be a gangbusters out of the gate? Maybe not. But uh, I think he's going to be good enough. I think he's worth, he's worth starting this week. I think he'll be a low-end number one this week, pushing 20 points. Maybe not his best, but still good. And he's going to have an impact on everyone else. It's just going to make the whole offense better. And we'll talk a little bit more about this during our clicks and flicks. But I think the big beneficiary is going to be Marquise Brown. We'll talk about why later on. Yeah. Uh, one of the advantages of doing this show a little bit later is that we get some injury news and such uh, Wednesday morning, and uh, James Conner has been designated to return from uh, injury reserve with that knee injury. Uh, last week he said that he's good to go, so they're not only getting Kyler Murray back, but they're getting James Conner back. There should be a, more of a semblance of a stable offense, and they're playing the Atlanta Falcons, and the Falcons have already said, hey, we expect Kyler Murray to run, so uh, it's going to be very interesting to see uh, what happens there, and there's definite value there. We were fortunate in Fan X to uh, – 
to, to get them early and uh, hold on to them. So uh, anyone that's got them, uh, you have another option to consider at quarterback. Uh, moving on over to uh, Minnesota, what a crazy game. Uh, they lost uh, Kirk Cousins uh, to a torn Achilles. They made the trade for Josh Dobbs, uh, got him suited up and such, and started Jaron Hall. Uh, he suffered a concussion early in the game, and then they had to put Josh Dobbs into the game. He didn't even know the names of some of the players, and he didn't even know some of the plays, and they were t- trying to uh, educate him on the sidelines and managed to have, uh, uh, you know, a, a, oh, my God, uh, a big game for fantasy, almost 30 fantasy points. Um, Chris, what's your opinion of Josh Dobbs as, as a quarterback for Minnesota? And I guess is he now the savior for fantasy for all the players there? And I guess Justin, Justin Jefferson may come back sooner than later. What's your thoughts on that? I think that's the big one. From a fantasy perspective, he's going to keep them from putting Justin Jefferson on the shelf because he's going to keep them in the playoff hunt. And that that's really the big concern with, with him uh, – being up for a new contract in 24, they're going to be very conservative with Justin Jefferson if they were out of the playoff hunt. If they were, you know, what were they, two and one and, or two and five or whatever it was a few weeks back, losing Cousins, mm-hmm. yet they've managed to win, and now they've got, they've got some hope. They've got a guy who had no idea what he was doing and led them to victory. So uh, I, I think that gives them a lot of reason to get Justin Jefferson in as soon as he's healthy um, rather than being conservative with him. So that's going to be a big impact. And then his impact on, on T.J. Hawkinson is going to be high. He's still going to get a high, very high volume of targets. Tight ends tend to from Josh Dobbs in particular, but from new quarterbacks uh, in general. So that's going to be he's going to, he's going to keep everyone's value up and get Jefferson back in the lineup. That's the big thing for me. Yep. Okay, let's move. Unfortunately, to my Giants. Uh, <laughs> just season uh, lost season seems to get worse. Daniel Jones has suffered a torn ACL. Uh, it's kind of surreal to see him suffer the injury, non-contact, and then the next play didn't realize he was that hurt. Couldn't plant his leg, down he went, and uh, his season's gone. Uh, fantasy impacts Saquon Barkley and the rest of the Giants. Uh, Chris, what do you think? Yeah, this is kind of like the, op- the Josh Dobbs opposite effect. Um, this, this is a team that is tanked record-wise and doesn't have a lot of hope. Obviously, Saquon Barkley's on a one-year deal. Uh, they've got a <laughs> so this, this team doesn't have a lot of hope. If anything, you're going to see you know, something akin to what they did when Tommy DeVito came in uh, the week before and Barkley got something something collegiate, like 36 carries <laughs> in one game. They're going to try to you know, ride Saquon Barkley as hard as they can, but other teams know this as well. With no passing threat and no receiving threat, with Darren Waller also out, they're going to put 10 guys in the box and dare Tommy DeVito to throw it to anybody downfield. Um, so Barkley's going to get a lot of touches, but the question is how efficient will he be with, with the kind of focus he's going to get for the defense. Barkley already had a tough schedule for the run down the stretch, and even with volume, this this is going to make it hard for him to be an every week start, quite frankly. Yeah. Uh, so uh, here's the fancy tip for everyone, uh, obvious one. Start your Dallas Cowboys defense this week. They're playing a home game against the Giants. And think back to week one. Yeah, that was with uh, Daniel Jones and Darren Waller in the lineup, and they're both gone uh, Darren Waller, uh, who knows when he's going to return. He's on IR, so he's out at least another three weeks this week, but uh, this month. But uh, I wouldn't expect him to come back anytime soon. Uh, over in Tennessee, Will Levis, uh, you know, uh, debuted with a big uh, game, four touchdowns and such. And then he didn't throw a touchdown pass last uh, week against the Steelers, but he went into Pittsburgh and looked pretty good. What's your opinion of Will Levis being named the starter for the Titans moving forward, Chris? Oh, it's absolutely the right choice. They had to do it. Will, I mean, 
Will Levis is more their future than Ryan Tannehill could ever hope to be uh, anyway. So they've got, to, they've got to see what they've got with him. And, and frankly, he's given them a better chance to win right now. He's pushing the ball down the field, opening up the offense in ways that Tannehill either couldn't or wouldn't. So I, I, it's definitely going to – it's done wonders for the value of, of DeAndre Hopkins. Um, I'm hopeful that eventually they're gonna, it's going to loosen up the defense and even help uh, Derrick Henry some more, who, who's got one of the most favorable schedules for running backs down the stretch. So I think this is going to have an overall huge effect on the – on the offense from a fantasy perspective, but it's also from a, from an NFL perspective, absolutely the move they needed to make to see what they have and to <laughs> perhaps give them reason to find a trade partner for Malik Willis or just jettison them altogether. Yeah. Um, well, uh, and, and people out there, if you picked up Will Levis in desperation, started him last week or disappointed with the results. Well, guess what? He's playing the Tampa Bay Bucks this week. Now, normally their defense is pretty good, but, C.J. Stroud just torched him uh, for a record for a rookie. Now, I wouldn't expect a huge game like that, but I'm saying that Will Levis is not a bad fantasy play this week uh, against Tampa Bay. Um, a couple of notes here I wanted to make sure everyone was aware of, uh, that the Rams signed Carson Wentz uh, uh, to back up Matthew Stafford. Now, the Rams have a bye this week, uh, but, of course, uh, they're hoping that Stafford's going to be healthy with that thumb injury when he, then they return. And also the Cowboys uh, uh, are, are <laughs> initiating a reclamation project on Martavis Bryant. They signed him to their practice squad. They've got so many speedy wide receivers and such with the Michael Gallup and Brandon Cooks there. Brooks Cooks has been a disappointment. But uh, Martavis Bryant now, it looks like he'll be joining the crew. What's your opinion on uh, on Wentz and uh, Bryant, Chris, for these signings? I think I think the Wentz move is a great move by, by, by the Rams. What this is going to do from a fantasy perspective is it's going to retain the value of, of Cooper Cup and Puka Nakua should Stafford be unable to go in week 11 or even down the road. Wentz will be able to get to the ball. I mean, Wentz, for all of the grief he's got, actually put up some damn good fantasy numbers that year he was in Indianapolis. Um, he got criticized for turnovers, but he led the league in t- touchdown-to-interception ratio. So I'm not sure where the criticism comes from. He's going to get the ball to the right guys. Uh, and he's going to get the ball out of his hands and into the hands of those guys. Those, they're going to retain their value, unlike what happened with Brett Rippon under center last week. So I think that was a great move for them. Martavis Bryant is intriguing. I think in a very big roster dynasty league, uh, he might be worth thinking about in the offseason or kind of watch what he does in the practice squad. I don't think he's going to have an impact this year at all for fantasy or even make the roster, more than likely barring an injury or two. But from a, even though he's 31 years old, from a dynasty perspective, this guy has freakish talent. So – Putting him in that offense uh, down the road should they move on from Cooks and or Gallup, for example, that might be really intriguing across from C.D. Lamb. So I would, I would keep an eye on him, but more so in the offseason for Dynasty. Okay. Uh, let's get to the uh, list of injuries here. Justin Fields with a thumb injury was limited in practice on Tuesday. Today's decision day whether he's going to uh, play or not on Thursday night. So check back on that. Uh, I have a feeling that there's a good chance he plays. It all just depends on whether he can grip and, and accurately throw a football with that thumb. Um, okay, moving to uh, Detroit. Uh, uh, David Montgomery with the ribs. Looks, he, looks like he's trending towards playing. If he can get through the rest of this week's practice, he returned on Monday. Looked pretty good. Already mentioned James Conn. Looks like he should play coming off that knee injury. Callie Herbert, uh, another guy uh, coming back off of an ankle injury from IR. He practiced on Tuesday. Looks like he's going to play on Thursday night. Demon Pierce with an ankle, still uncertain there. We'll see if he practices later today. It's Wednesday, people, of course. Uh, Jamar Chase back day-to-day. Doesn't look like it's a major injury. Uh, he had kind of, what, kind of a sheesh moment uh, on that uh, game with the Bills on Sunday night. Could have had two scores if he had been a little bit longer on that long pass and, of course, caught 
dropped that one in the corner there, but no no dice there. Drake London, good news there. Uh, last night, if we'd done this, we wouldn't know what's going on. But this morning, he returned to practice off that groin injury. And if he's practicing on a Wednesday, it looks like his uh, good news in terms of trending towards playing this week. We'll see if he can continue practicing. Debo Samuel coming off that bye with that shoulder. He practiced on Monday. He's expected to play. A lot of good players coming back from injuries this week. Christian Watson, chest back, uh, status is uncertain. We'll see if he can uh, play this week. At least he was not diagnosed with a concussion. Josh Downs with a knee, status uncertain. Uh, Chris, any uh, news on Josh Downs from Indy? Well, they, they didn't practice Monday or Tuesday in preparation for their trip to Frankfurt, and they were having today is going to be their first and only practice of the week, then a walkthrough tomorrow before they leave. So we really won't get any information until later today. My gut feeling is with the bye week next week for the Colts, that he is very unlikely to play. I don't think they're going to risk anything. He's, he's definitely their future and the rest of their season this year. So if you had to make a choice today, I would say you need to start somebody Thursday night. My odds are they're not going to make a decision, but the chances of him playing this weekend are pretty slim because he just there's just no reason to risk him at this point. Yeah, I agree with that. Still a bit of a guessing game. Uh, Zay Jones with a knee injury. He's been out for like a month. Uh, came back briefly, scored a touchdown, and left again. Well, he sat uh, out practice on Monday, and they were talking about he could be placed on IR, so I wouldn't expect to see Zay Jones play this week. K.J. Osborne with that concussion got sandwiched by three players. Oh, it was an ugly play. Uh, his uh, status is uncertain, but most of the players, almost all the players, except for Purdy, <laughs> and I think uh, Kenny Pickett, that happened last year, uh, one time when a, a player was diagnosed with a concussion and came back and played the following week, just about in every other case they have not, so I wouldn't expect Osborne to play. Michael Wilson with a shoulder injury, he wants to play. Uh, we'll see if he can practice this week. He's he would It would be his first game with Kyler Murray. It's going to be interesting, to say the least, if he can play there. Uh, Dallas Goder, big uh, injury uh for him, a fractured forearm, expected to miss four-plus games placed on IR, so uh, don't expect to see him anytime soon. Cole Komet with a knee. He did practice on Tuesday after not practicing on Monday, so I expect him to play. He's coming off a two-touchdown game. So if you own him, you're going to play him. Uh, if Fields is in there, there's more of a chance that he, he scores. It's, he's kind of up and down, but coming off a game like that, you're probably going to start if he plays. We'll be right back after this important message. You know you want to dominate your fantasy football league. Manage your teams with assistance from the definitive fantasy football information service, Fantasy Football Mastermind. Found on the web at ffmastermind.com. There's plenty of free stuff, and the premium content will consistently give your teams the best chance to go all the way. Co-founder and CEO Michael Nazarek has several decades of experience, including winning four consecutive SI.com Experts League Championships, along with tens of thousands of dollars playing in the Fantasy Football Players Championship. Go to ffmastermind.com and check out their volumes of fantasy football content updated daily, which give you the edge you need to legitimately claim championship. Championship! Read Drafter, Dynasty, Keeper, Auction, Salary Cap, IDP. They cover them all with the best content available anywhere. Go to ffmastermind.com. The longer you wait, the more great information you'll be missing. Okay, there was one more injury I wanted to mention. Uh, Kamimi Fairbairn with a quad injury, the kicker for uh, Texans. He's out at least this week moving forward. Uh, reserve running back Dara Ogabawale 
stepped into the game and kicked a <laughs> go-ahead 30, what is it, 33-yard field goal? Uh, uh, Chris, did you see that play? Yep. Yeah, I did. Wow. He kicked, he kicked that straight your opinion. I like it. There you go. All right. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So some tells me that uh, Dare is not going to be kicking this week for them, so I wouldn't pick him up. But Kamimi is going to be out for at least a week or two, so uh, make appropriate adjustments to your roster there. Of course, uh, always uh, come uh, check out our website, ffmastermind.com. Of course, see our uh, free uh, flagship feature, NFL Quick Bits, updated every day. Free eye in the sky scanner reports uh, are posted each week, including those that cover the Colts from uh, Chris. Uh, Our newsletter is still producing those every week, uh, expanded picks to click and flick. Uh, The market feature, uh, the drop list, uh, plus the players that we would drop immediately. Uh, Player rankings will be released later today. Uh, Flex rankings, too. Update our injury report on a daily basis. And, uh, of course, uh, we also update uh, the rankings and such and uh, release the list of uh, late uh, fantasy reaches on Saturday afternoon. The weekly insights and newsletters, uh, mid-season sales only twelve ninety-five. That's down a couple bucks from last year, sixty-eight percent off. So the price of a medium pizza. You can uh, check us out for the rest of the season, and please follow me on Twitter at FF Mastermind. Let's get to this week's picks to click and flick. These are guys you want to consider starting or sitting, depending on their situation. All right, uh, Chris, a couple of quarterbacks you like and why this week. I'm gonna start with Brock Purdy. I've seen him on both click and flick lists around the web this week, but I do like him. He's coming off a bye, and they should have their offense healthier and a little bit straightened out. Uh, he's going to get Debo back and maybe even Trent Williams as well, so this, this should help. Besides, the Jags have allowed the fifth most points per game all season. They've allowed 300 yards per game the last four weeks, and three of those games were against Minshew, Carr, and Trubisky, so not exactly a murderer's row. Um, he's only had one stinker all year, and that was when he lost DMC, Debo, and Trent Williams all in-game, so I look for a big bounce back. And then you got to like Jared Goff this week. There's everything to like about this matchup. The, the high-octane Lions are well-rested up a bye. They're facing a Chargers team on a short week. And the Chargers team is allowing the most passing yards and fantasy points per game to the quarterback so far. Goff's already been a borderline starter, and this looks like one of those rare road games when you can fire him up, him up without concern. He's averaging 300 yards the last three weeks and has a low of 272. So with an expected pass-heavy game plan, I think his volume should keep him really solid. Okay, a couple of guys I like this week. Geno Smith, oh, he looked terrible against the Ravens. Well, the Ravens have an unworldly uh, defense right now. Uh, guess what? They're playing the, the uh, commanders uh, who give up a lot. Uh, so I think Geno uh, rebounds in this game. So if you normally start him, uh, you know, stick with him. Of course, unless you have a, a better option, but if he's a normal, normal starter, I wouldn't worry about it. And then, of course, I already mentioned Will Levis. Uh, he's on my click list. Uh, the Bucks just gave up huge numbers to C.J. Stroud. So if you need him, start him, and uh, don't worry about it. Put him in your lineup. Uh, on the flip side, uh, Kenny Pickett, uh, well, he hasn't done much this year, and the Packers have allowed just eight touchdown passes in 2023. So far, uh, that's not a good uh, mathematician uh, equation. <laughs> so I'm sitting Kenny Pickett. And then in that same game, Jordan Love, wow. He's just not getting the, for, uh, the, uh, the job done for fantasy owners. Uh, earlier in the year, he was producing and pulling 20 to 23, 24-point games. But uh, now uh, if the Packers win, he's putting up 16, 18 points. That's just not enough to uh, produce for a uh, fantasy roster. So I'd, I'd sit him this week. Uh, how about you, Chris? A couple of quarterbacks you're not crazy about, and why? Uh, I got to admit that Deshaun Watson did not look rusty this past week after his long 
break, but he didn't exactly look like a world beater either, despite playing a very poor opponent. I think Pat's going to get a lot tougher this week traveling to Baltimore with a Raven to wait with a defense on a roll, and they've allowed the fewest quarterback points all season. They've only allowed 200 yards per game in the air and only six passing touchdowns total, each the best in the league. And Watson's also not fared well against Baltimore. He's only averaged 168 passing yards in three games and two total touchdowns, so I'd stay away. And then my caution play of the week is Dak Prescott. Now, the G-men have been surprisingly good in pass defense, holding teams to an average of only 215 yards per game the last month with two top 10 quarterbacks in there. They've only allowed 225 a game all year. Seven of nine games they've allowed under 240 yards. Dak's been heating up, but he struggled for fantasy against the Giants. He's only averaged 219 yards per game in the last four seasons and one touchdown per game, despite the Cowboys going 5-0 and and averaging 34 points per game in those games. So with the Giants struggling to stop the run, I think this is going to be a real low-volume passing game. Okay, how about running backs? A couple of guys you like this week and why? Along those same lines, I love Tony Pollard. A lot's been made of his scoring or lack of scoring this year. He's got like 136 straight touches without a touchdown. But his only two touchdowns this season were both in week one against these Giants. And this week, I think he breaks the streak, possibly with multiple scores again. With the Giants down to Tommy DeVito, like I mentioned, I think this game's going to be a bloodbath. And the game script is going to heavily favor high-volume rushing as well. So I think Pollard might actually challenge for high-end RB1 finish this week. Uh, for a change. And then I kind of like James Cook this week. Uh, I know the Broncos arrested, but they've allowed by far the most fantasy points to the running back, the most yards per game, the most yards per carry. Uh, and the yards per carry is the key here because it's been the speedier backs that have killed them and not the bangers. This is one of those rare weeks when Cook may be the preferred option on offense, and he has a good chance for a long score and to pile up some big stats. So despite the Pats' happy offense, he's still handling most of the touches. Latavius Murray was basically invisible again last week. Yep, uh, he gets the ball at the goal, and everyone knows it's coming. <laughs> and hasn't scored, I think, since week two. Uh, all right, uh, a couple of guys I like this week. Ronda Stevenson, boy, out of that burst, a uh, long touchdown run last week. Uh, big game coming against the Colts, so uh, you're going to start him, and you should be smiling. Brees Hall uh, for the jo- uh, Jets, uh, a huge game coming against the Soft Raiders run defense this week. If uh, Saquon can still run for almost 100 yards on the Raiders in their situation, then Brees Hall can uh, top that easy and score as well. So uh, you're going to start him, and he should produce for you. Uh, a couple of guys I'd be concerned about. Gus Edwards has been scoring every week. Well, the Brown runs defense. Uh, I think it's going to limit him, and also he's going to share more touches with Keaton Mitchell as well as Justice Hill. Uh, it's a three-man RBBC, and if Gus doesn't score, then he doesn't do much, and I'm afraid that's going to happen this week. Alexander Madison, uh, he's actually my caution, caution play. I know they lost Cam Akers to torn, AK, uh, torn uh, Achilles, but uh, the Saints' run defense is solid. I think it's going to be one of those games where Madison's going to be kind of stuck, uh, stuck up around the uh, stuffed around the uh, the, uh, the line of scrimmage. Uh, maybe he might score, but you know, and you're probably going to start him anyway. Just temper your expectations there. Um, how about you, Chris? A couple of uh, running backs you're not crazy about, and why? Yeah, I'll give you a couple of stud caution plays where the quote "temper your expectations" definitely is going to come into play here. You're absolutely starting both of these guys, but. Uh, I'll start with Austin Eckler. The Lions have been dominant in run defense all year. No one's rushed for more than 64 yards against them all year. They only average about three and a half yards per carry. And Eckler, since he's come back from injury, his injury has not been a world beater either. He's only averaging two and a half yards per carry in four games and 35 yards a game on the ground. Um, The Lions have also allowed amongst the fewest running back receptions so far. So there's not a real obvious path towards high PPR value without him finding pay dirt multiple times. Uh, Another guy is Derrick Henry. Uh, the Buccaneers are a sneaky tough run defense. They've only allowed 63 total rushing yards per game in the last five games. And aside from one crazy game by Philly, under 60 yards per game for the year. 
Um, they've, they've yet to allow a rushing score by running back, amazingly, through, through nine weeks. Uh, most of this is because they've been lit up in the air, like we talked about earlier. So this could be another week where the run volume is low, and that might keep King Henry from really building up the ladder he needs to be effective. So I'd be a little cautious about, having, about his ceiling being uh, limited this week. Okay. How about a wide receiver? A couple of guys you like this week and why? I'm going to go to his teammate, DeAndre Hopkins. He's been showing some signs of life, and then he's like he found the fountain of youth with Levis on our center. He's, he's averaging 18 PPR points per game the last five weeks and 23 points per game with Levis uh, in the lineup. So this week he gets the juiciest matchup he's had all year, so I expect a ton of targets and stats from Hopkins this Sunday. For what it's worth, he's averaging 22 points per game against the NFC in the last two seasons as well. So uh, the Bucks, meanwhile, have allowed three different wide receivers to top 15 PPR points in each of its last two games. But Hopkins doesn't share the rock, so he should go off and get maybe two, two uh, double dose of that. And then I love Marquise Brown this week. Um, looking back at some stats over the last couple of years, he was averaging 11 targets and 20 points per game with Kyler Murray as the top option last year before injury struck them both. Averaged seven targets and seven points per game when Murray was out at the end of last year. Earlier this year, he was averaging 16 points per game and 10 targets with James Conner in the lineup, a different quarterback. And with Conner out, he's only averaging down to nine targets and nine points per game. This week, the Cardinals get Murray and Connor back, and they face a t- team that's allowed a ton of targets to the wide receiver and the third most touchdowns. I think Hollywood is back this week. He's going to be a low-end wide receiver, one based on volume, with big, big upside if he scores. Yep. Okay, I like Hopkins, too, obviously, as a Will Levis owner and fan. <laughs> okay, a couple of wide receivers I like this week. DK Metcalf, what was that last week? Uh, one catch, uh, it was a long one, but uh, yeah. The commander secondary, they're going to let him rebound in a big game this week uh, with, of course, Geno Smith will help out too. Uh, Jamison Williams, uh, deep threats are scoring on the Chargers, so it's just kind of a uh, fantasy reach here, but I like him this week. If you need Jamison Williams, uh, fire him up. Uh, could very well score a long, long one here. Uh, a couple of guys I'm concerned about, uh, Mari Cooper, uh, obviously because the Ravens are going to shut him down, I think. Uh, well, they shut uh, D.K. Metcalf down. Uh, we'll see. And Zay Flowers in that same game. Uh, Browns, uh, solid pass defense. Zay Flowers had one catch on one target last week. What's going on with that? So I'd be concerned there. How about you, Chris? A couple of wide receivers you're not crazy about and why? Well, I never thought I'd say this about this guy, but Devontae Adams, he was averaging 13 targets and 25 points per game in PPR with three touchdowns through three weeks until Jimmy G got hurt. And since that time with the quarterback carousel, including Jimmy G, he's failed to hit double digits in PPR in four of six games. He's only averaging a little over eight PPR points per game, despite some real plus matchups. He's actually ranging into the matchup play range with his lack of productivity. And this week, a matchup against Sauce Gardner, he might just not be a great play. I mean, you'll kick yourself if you bench him and he acts like Devontae Adams, so he's probably still starting for you. But he's more of a wide receiver three right now with upside. Uh, and then uh, I'm, I'm a little concerned about T. Higgins this week. Uh, Joe Burrow made good on his promise last week to get the ball to Higgins, but this week it might be a little taller task. Uh, the Texans have picked up where they left off last year. They've allowed very little fantasy value to the receiver, allowing the fewest yards and only two receiving scores through eight games. Even more interesting is that they've allowed number one receivers to get peppered with short targets and have some PPR value retained while taking away the secondary ones. So this looks like a chance for Chase, if he plays, I'm assuming he's going to play, to retain his value while T takes a little bit of a hit. Houston has yet to allow a receiver to top 100 receiving yards and only a handful of guys over 60. So just really temper your expectations, even if Higgins acts as the number one this week. Yeah, I've got a note on uh, Devontae Adams. Uh, I I took him ahead of Garrett Wilson in in a league or two. And then in one league, I took Garrett Wilson. And, of course, when Aaron Rodgers went down, oh, that was a bad decision. Well, guess what? 
in uh, in, in this uh, situation, uh, Garrett Wilson has now caught Devontae Adams for production for the year. And uh, moving forward, it's anybody's guess, but the bottom line is that if you had either Adams or Wilson, you're having issues. Uh, but, you know, hey, uh, surprised to see under this situation that Wilson has actually produced more than Adams. How about a, t- a tight end si- a situation, a uh, couple of guys you like uh, and why this week, Chris? Yeah, I'm going to talk about a guy that's not either a click or a flick. It's Mark Andrews. Um, I didn't know what to do with him. He's had nine touchdowns in nine games against Cleveland since his rookie year, including two earlier this year in week three. But the Browns have allowed by far the fewest tight end points all year. So what's going to give? You know? So he could be a click or a flick. I tend to go towards click, but just because I, those personal histories tend to match out. But a couple of guys I really like, uh, I like Sam Laporta. The primary target, you've got to be salivating at this matchup. The Chargers have allowed 13 targets per game to the tight end in the last three weeks. Uh, I know Kelsey got a bunch, but there were some high-volume games from some average shows like Komet and Conklin. They've allowed 26 points per game to the tight end in PPR the last three weeks and way more receptions and yards than anyone else. So with some other studs with tough matchups or on a bye, uh, Laporta could challenge for tight end number one overall without really stretching the imagination. Then what's not to like about Dalton Kincaid? 23 catches on 26 targets in three games since Knox went out. He's the tight end three in that time, 17 points per game, and the only guy, the only tight end with 15 or more points all three of the last three weeks. Absolutely on fire. And playing a team this week very susceptible to the tight end that's allowed the most yards and the fourth most PPR points per game. So you stick with a hot hand, especially when he has a super-plus matchup on Monday Night Football. Yeah. Uh, with regards to Andrews, he's called a trend buster. So <laughs> you stick <laughs> yes. with him, start him, and don't worry about it. Uh, okay, a couple of tight ends that I like this week. Dalton Schultz, what's not to like there? He's coming off a huge game. He's actually playing more, seeing more targets. And the Bengals allowed tight ends to produce uh, to limit wide receiver throws. So uh, if you've got Schultz, you start him this week. Irv Smith uh, first made his big impact uh, first time uh, for the uh, Bengals last week with a score. He is uh, sharing time there with Tanner Hudson, but uh, he, I still think he's a sneaky nice play against the Texans, who did allow Kadon to score twice on them last week. Uh, okay, a couple of guys I'm concerned about this week. David Njoku, uh, and Chris, you and I have him in Fanex. Well, uh, he's facing the Ravens. I don't like that uh, uh, that matchup, so I would sit him. And uh, Luke Musgrave, uh, I believe we also have him, don't we? <laughs> the, yep. <laughs> the Steelers play the uh, tight end very tough, so he's on my uh, flick list there. How about you, Chris, a couple of tight ends you're not crazy about and why? Yeah, Musgrave might not be too bad because you know, there's several safeties and linebackers for Pittsburgh that are going to be out of the lineup this week, so he might actually exceed the the stats allowed. So. Okay. Uh, a couple of guys I like are uh, I like Kate Otten, the su- or I don't like Kate Otten, the, the suddenly hot Otten got a jump in targets after the Bucks bye week, but behind the scenes he's had a v- series of very plus matchups for the tight end. Uh, he's a high sell candidate as far as I'm concerned, coming off the two touchdown game. His schedule is not very tight end friendly the rest of the way, starting with this week. Uh, Tennessee's amazingly been the only team to not allow a tight end to score yet, and they're actually on the low end of targets and receptions allowed as well. Mark Andrews is the only tight end to hit 50 yards or double-digit PPR points this year against the Titans, and that was only 10.9. So very, very low floor, low ceiling for Kate Otten. And then I'm a little concerned about Jake Ferguson this week. Much like I talked about with, before with Prescott, I expected to be low volume, but the Giants haven't allowed much to the tight end, under four total catches per game. They've allowed under 60% completion to the tight end, the best, league's best rate by far. And back in week one, the Dallas tight ends combined for only two catches for 11 yards on eight targets. Ferguson himself is only averaging two for 27 with no scores, three career games against this divisional opponent. So with fewer balls in the air, the volume that usually drives Ferguson just won't be there. So he's a caution play at best this week. 
Okay, time for our one-hit wonders at kicker and defense. Hit me with them. Uh, I'm going to say a former Colt and then a guy facing the Colts. I'll start with Chase McLaughlin. Tennessee's allowed seven of nine kickers to get 10-plus points, and average they've allowed 12 points per game on average, so I like Chase McLaughlin this week. And then I like the rookie Chad Ryland. The Colts have allowed the most field goal attempts, the third most extra points, and a whopping 13 points per game to kicker, so that should be a good play. A couple of defenses. These are the two least-owned defenses in fantasy, according to uh, several websites. I uh, like Chicago at home against Carolina. Uh, they get a rookie quarterback on the road on a short week, and Montez Sweat signed and fully in sync, so I think their, their defense might actually start to be, be a little better stack-wise and, and stat-wise. And then I like the Raiders at home against the Jets. The Raiders have consecutive big fantasy scores. The Jets have allowed consecutive big fantasy scores. Raiders had eight sacks last week. Jets allowed eight sacks last week. And they have to travel across the country on a short week. So I think the Raiders might be primed to have another big sack day. Yeah, I think uh, I know that the Chargers were on your list last week. Maybe the Raiders, too. Uh, Both those teams uh, really produced big uh, for uh, for their fantasy owners. I picked up the Raiders in one place, the Chargers in another, and I'm very happy. Uh, Both places I had the Cowboys defense. I was concerned about starting them. So that was a win-win for me and anyone else that followed your advice and picked those guys up. All right, uh, thank you for joining us, everyone. Uh, For Chris Rito, this is Mike Nazarek. We'll see you all next week when we offer our Week 11 preview Uh, Good afternoon, good luck uh, to everyone playing this week. Football! Football? You know, a physical sport. You've been listening to the Fantasy Football Mastermind Edge with your host, Michael Nazareth, the definitive fantasy football information and advice show. Join us next time. Until then, remember, there's no bragging rights for finishing second. Good day, sir!